Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Sustainababble 152. You had the look about you of someone who only remembered what number episode it was after you said the word 100. After I said the word 50. (laughs) (laughs) We're stringing that out. We are your friendly little weekly environment podcast, didn't we all? Yes. All about people and the planet. And why, despite everything being Norse, there are islands of cheer out there, yes? Yes, not just on your top of your head. Oh, that's mean. Yeah. That's mean. Or on top of your lip. (laughs) What are we going to be talking about this week, Daniel? We're going to be talking about cheery things this week, uh, particularly BP being given the heave-ho by Mm. the Royal Shakespeare Company, who said, no, we don't want your cash because climate change. Uh, So we're going to be talking to the rather marvellous Kira Box, who is a campaigner with the art activism group BP or Not BP. Um, And she's going to tell us all about that campaign and what they've done and what it means and how presumably they're all very happy. Yes, and we're also going to be talking about another bunch of unwashed crusties, that being the (laughs) protesters... Sorry, are you calling Kira an unwashed crusty? I did not say that, you merely inferred it. Well, who is the other bunch then? You. Oh, okay. (laughs) Fair (laughs) enough, fair enough, yeah. Who are up to their old tricks again. Oh, they're here again. They are protesting and taking action and covering the treasury in beetroot. Mm. Um... (laughs) Which is going down, you know, not brilliantly with the authorities. <laughs> so we're going to ask uh, whether anything has changed this time and what, you know, what the future holds as far as we know, let's, which, let's face it, ain't much. No, is this, is this difficult second album syndrome? Uh, do people care? Whatever, all of that sort of stuff. We will get onto that. And obviously, massive disclaimer, we're recording this at uh, 7 o'clock on Thursday evening. By the time this goes out... Maybe maybe if Boris Johnson has signed up. Maybe Boris Johnson is, is, is in, lying in down in front of the bulldozers like he said he would years ago. With someone dribbling Harry Krishna curry into his mouth. <laughs> oh. No, that's, that's not an image anyone wants. Just before any of that, the usual disclaimer. We do work for environmental charities, don't we all? Yes. Well, we're employed by them anyway, uh, but these are very much our own views. So have you got any beef with anything Ol or I say or that... Kira says, take it up with me or, or, or Kira, but not with anyone for whom we work. Yes? Absolutely. Right on with it. Reasons to be cheerful. reasons to be cheerful a self-explanatory section this is where we look at the good stuff that's gone on and has this has genuinely made me excited there have been developments in the old arts activism world whereby not just the national theater but also the royal shakespeare company have said bugger off oil sponsorship we don't want you anymore um so we are going to talk about that and we're specifically going to talk to someone who knows about it and is involved in it and that is kira box yes kira is a member of a thing called bp or not bp which see what they've done there all which is is very clever a campaigning group what does creative activism stuff and has like got all up in the Chevy Chase of your Royal Shakespeare Company has made their life a bit difficult because the Royal Shakespeare Company all has not taken this decision entirely by themselves. A couple of people may have suggested to them through a very long 
campaigns that yes. maybe they should stop taking the horrible oil lucre. So that's what's going on here. So we're going to ask Kira all about it. Uh, it's a good chat. Kira's lots of fun. And you'll get to hear some BP couplets. Will Shakespeare, yes. Uh, don't say it, I know. You hated two gentlemen of Verona. This one's much better. Well, bugger my giddy aunt. So, hello, Kira. Hello, Ollie. Hello, thank you very, very much for coming to talk to us and talk to us about all things Shakespearean and dramatic oil-based developments. We're, we wanted to chat to you because some good stuff happened, some really genuinely good stuff happened, which I think I'm right in characterising it is BP got booted out of the theatre. Is that right? The Royal Shakespeare Company, they have ditched BP and they've listened to their staff, they've listened to their young people, to their audiences and, yeah, they've said, we don't want your cash, thanks, you big oily bastards. <laughs> what they've also That's listened- a direct quote, That's I think, a direct isn't it? Quote. Yeah. What they've also listened to is you. I mean, you know, you and your ilk, right, who have been all up in their face... Making they, them all embarrassed and making the RSC go, I'll stop doing all that all over our stages and making a tit out of us. They have listened to organisations like BP, uh, or not BP. Uh, we're a, a group of environmental activists and what we love more than anything else is getting up on the stage, getting a bit Shakespearean and pointing out that actually uh, oil companies have no place in our arts and doing so in a rough. And yeah, finally... Like a few years down the line after we started doing it, they have heard that message. Two-minute performance. <laughs> what country, friends, is this where the words of our most prized poet can be bought to beautify a patron so unnatural as British petroleum? What, okay, what have you been up to? Uh, what is BP or not BP? Like, how did it come about? And tell us a bit more about some of the stuff you've been doing. So this takes us right back to the, the heady old days of 2012. Uh, BP were all over the shop sponsoring the Olympics, uh, sponsoring arts and culture, demonstrating to everyone that they, they weren't there just to further climate change and bring about a hotter, more destructed planet. Um, what <laughs> not, they were just, there, not just there for the good things. <laughs> not just there for that good stuff. Uh, they were also there to do wonderful, fluffy things uh, like fund the Royal Shakespeare Company to give £5 tickets to young people and um and a load of us were sitting around one day thinking we really love Shakespeare we're really not that keen on fossil fuels um what is it we can do to stop BP slapping their logo all over everything so why uh why why do BP and other oil companies like prioritize sponsoring the arts and sponsoring sport and sponsoring culture and stuff I mean what they clearly chuck a lot of money at it and think it's important why I think the first thing is they don't chuck very much money at it at all. They chuck a load of their money at exacerbating the climate emergency and getting fossil fuels out of the ground. And then they take a few pennies out of their pocket. They they chuck them in the direction of organisations like the Royal Shakespeare Company, like the National Theatre, um, like uh, the Royal Opera House. And, and they love that because it makes them look wonderful and fluffy and joyful. And it makes young people think, oh, these fossil fuel guys, they're not not so bad after all you know let's let's ignore this climate emergency and uh, continue buying their stuff anybody want any coffee i'll have some coffee want it black don't you black like your heart it's so hard for me to listen to you 
is it as Machiavellian as that? That they're basically just in it so that people go, ooh, well, I like theatre and I like, therefore I like BP because they sponsor theatre. Or is there something like, you know, at a more human level, are they more just like going, every company pays something back? So are they just paying something back to society somewhere? No, they're, they're not just going Machiavellian here. They're going Shakespearean. Um, Shakespeare is, nice. is full of characters who are gits on one side and then they put on a moustache and a fake beard and then everyone <laughs> loves them. And that is precisely what BP are trying to do here. They're, they're trying to act like if um, if we show you that we can chuck some money your way, then maybe you'll uh, you'll forget what we did in, in Act 1, Scene 1, where we ruined everything. And indeed, Act 1, Scene 2. What act are we in now? Uh, act 3, Scene 3. Right. Very good. It's the one where all the bad stuff goes down. <laughs> it's the one you've, you've had slightly too much to drink in the interval, uh, but there's still a way to go to the end and you need a wee. Someone, someone's about to sleep with their mum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, I BP mean... BP sleep with their mum? Uh, what? Did BP sleep with their mum? Not sure we're still in... Me- are we in this metaphor now? We're we not in the metaphor. Go, go away. Okay. Go away. Uh, but, but surely... So I, I get what you're saying, but surely young people, or anyone, to be honest, isn't, isn't like going to immediately look at BP sponsoring the Opera House or, or Shakespeare and go, oh, these people are lovely. I, I immediately rethink everything I once thought about them. Like, what... Is it is it more subtle than that? Is it just a kind of we're associated with nice things now and therefore kind of when you're in an unthinking way, you're no longer going to perceive us as, as all that bad? Is that why? I think a lot of it is about getting their logo all over the place. Uh, they made a very cunning choice there in having a logo that's beautiful and green and recycly looking. <laughs> and a lot of that is about getting free advertising, you know, in, in theatre programmes, on the front of theatres, on billboards, on people's tickets. And it's making people think, well, these guys, they're, they're ubiquitous. They're all over the shop. So how can they be that terrible if they're working with these people right. who, yeah, who okay. care about our heritage and our history and our arts? And when you said a really interesting thing there about them not actually spending that much money, like expand on that a bit. Uh, and I remember, I remember actually when Liberate Tate was successful in getting the Tate liberated, also from BP, was it? Or liberated? Can't, I can't remember which one it was. It was indeed. Was it BP? Yeah. Um, and one of the kind of things that came out of that, they managed to expose some minutes of a meeting or something where they admitted, Tate admitted that it was like tens of thousands of pounds or um, at most hundreds of thousands of pounds or something, as opposed to the commonly held perception, which was this is like a life-changing amount of money and if we lose this sponsorship, we go under. Is that the same thing that's going on across the piece? So what we know right now is that the Royal Shakespeare Company has something like 18 million quid sitting in their bank accounts. Uh, that's all profit from Matilda, which is a, a, a good and exciting it play. It's one, it one of his later good. works, isn't it? One of the later Shakespearean <laughs> works, uh, Matilda, the, the girl who does reading, makes pens fly, has got them 18 million quid. Wow. Now, what we know is from BP themselves that the total amount of money that they've slapped over to a number of arts and cultures organisations each year is about seven and a half million. That's um, a lot of money. And as I understand it, the, the precise annual profit of BP is seven zillion trillion quadrillion. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, about that. It's seven or seven point five. Yeah, quadrillion one, yeah. zillion billion. Yeah. And so it's it's pennies to them. And in fact, it's it's pennies to the RSC as well. They've got a load of money in their bank account. They can choose to keep funding five pound ticket schemes with that money if they want to. They can choose to take the like 
20% of their annual income that came from BP and get it from someone else who's not trashing the planet. And they can do all that and be a, a stand-up theatre company at the same time. So, no, this isn't about taking huge amounts of money out of the arts. It's about taking idiots out of the arts. Here's a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. Tell us a bit about what you've been up to. So tell us about uh, where did it start? How did you get involved? Um, what has the campaign been? So I got involved with BP or not BP uh, three or four years ago. Um, so far, my involvement has involved a, a little bit of uh, sneaking Shakespearean roughs into the Royal Shakespeare Company. I'm sure they're all right with those, aren't they? Um, they are surprisingly concerned about uh, things you might sneak in. We've had uh, sparkly bow ties confiscated by security at the British Museum. Um, we've we've dressed as mermaids and we've dragged a giant sea creature around the British Museum to let them know that we don't think BP should be complicit in making our world go underwater and in sponsoring their exhibitions. Um, I've learned a lot of Shakespearean lines, some of them a little remodelled. I've dressed <laughs> as a Baz Luhrmann-inspired Romeo for the Mischief Festival. We ran right outside uh, the Shakespeare, um, right outside the Globe in Stratford-upon-Avon. Um, and I've been involved in a lot of slightly oily performances where we've had hundreds of people down at arts venues making it a little bit difficult for the the great and the good to get into bp sponsored events like without <laughs> uh, without noticing that that some of us who go to look at the pictures don't want to look at bp at the same time and does that stuff, um, I mean, evidently something has worked. Like, it sounds a lot of fun, all of that stuff. Like, what, what did you hear back in terms of feedback? Like, was it getting under the skin of these companies? Like, were, did you know that there were discussions going on at board level or whatever going, we've got a problem here? So we, we've heard little little bits here and there. We've heard that definitely staff at the Royal Shakespeare Company and at the British Museum and others are pretty pissed off with having to defend BP all the time. Uh, we've heard from audiences uh, when they've clapped us at the end of performances or they've come up at intervals to say, you know what, I didn't want this logo in my programme either and they've, they've handed it back. Oh, really? That's cool. And, uh, and we've heard from people like Mark Rylance, who, you know, very exciting, resigned, got out of there because he didn't want to be involved with an organisation that was sponsored by BP. And he sent, you know, some lovely messages of support and congratulation to us and other activists after that, saying that we were doing a pretty good thing and we were glad he did a pretty good thing and came out in support of us. Do you think that the RSC have ditched BP because they are properly worried about the climate emergency and have gone oh actually maybe we better stop that or just to get you and other people off their case and does it matter if there's a difference like should the next thing they do is be loads of other climate emergency stuff or are you basically is it is it job done so they should do a load of other climate emergency stuff 
everyone should do a load of other climate emergency stuff. But no, frankly, it doesn't matter why they've done this. What matters is that they've done it. What matters is that free advertising is going away now. And what matters is the the straw that broke this camel's back was, you know, hundreds, thousands of school students saying, we don't want to come to your plays. And for the RSC, it turned out that Doing Shakespeare was their their main interest. That was their primary purpose. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> Turns out. What's this S stand for again? <laughs> Uh, you know, and it, it turns out that, that they don't want the hassle anymore. And frankly, we're not bothered if it was it was the hassle of us getting up on stage with old roughs and doing some rhyming couplets, or if it was the hassle of less five pounds in their coffers, or if it was the hassle of their staff and directors and actors saying this just ain't on anymore. Uh, they've done it. And as long as they stay done, then we'll move on to the next target and they can do it too. Give us a rhyming couplet. I want to know what one of your rhyming couplets is. Go on. I have been practising my rhyming couplets. <laughs> uh, and in fact, uh, one of the first BP or not BP things I got involved in was a bit of a stage invasion at the front of Anthony and Cleopatra. And I particularly enjoyed being a bit Shakespearean uh, with something you might, you might recognise where we got this from. So, your brave warm world sends the Avon o'er its banks. Shall I see some flapping swan squawk my greatness to an audience of fish? Oh, no. Rather strip oil sponsors from this stage than fossil fall away our salad days. I mean, I didn't understand a word of it, but it sounds lovely, doesn't it? Oh, it's very good. Yeah. It's very good. Um, I don't know where it's from. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's it's I an know. Anthony and Cleopatra ah, quote. Okay. And, and what we're getting at here is that, you know what, if you don't do anything about the climate emergency now, you don't just have a load of young people who might not get BP branded tickets to plays. You might not have the Royal Shakespeare Company at all, because frankly... Stratford-upon-Avon has a big river running right through it. And uh, if you're going to get... clue's in the name, you might say. The clue is in the name. And if you're going to get fossil fuel companies out there doing their thing, then, the, you know, that river's going to break its banks and, and that stage is going to be underwater and you'll just have a bit of fish listening to a bit of Shakespeare that will be even worse delivered than I just did it. Have you ever actually read any of it? I've seen West Side Story, that's basically... <laughs> I I got up in front of the RSC and I did a lovely Romeo and Juliet in which uh, me and Juliet, we, we loved one another. We wanted, uh, you know, to get that tender kiss. But I was somewhat distracted by snogging a giant BP logo. Uh, <laughs> it can I, happen to anyone. I missed out on all that star-crossed love because BP really messed up our play. <laughs> Excellent. And was that like, that sounds scary to me. Was it scary? Was was your heart racing or what? So I can't lie, you know, this is... I know this must be something actors get all the time, but none of us really are actors. Uh, and it's bloody terrifying getting up there, partly because it's terrifying getting in front of a load of people anyway, but also because sometimes people aren't quite sure what we're doing or why we're doing it, and you can get a bit of a heckle. Um, but what I've really learned is that actually... 
people kind of recognise these plays. You know, they know them. They understand when we're kind of taking the piss a bit and we're having fun with the lyrics and the words. And once you get up there, it's just hugely exciting to get a taste of being on the stage and of being heard and of making the point that the, the bastard sponsoring the, the programme shouldn't be in there. And in fact, I've got more right to be on the stage than they have. And uh, the reactions that you get from the crowds, you know, we've had laughs, we've had rounds of applause, we've had logos being torn out and thrown down. Um, once some friends of mine ended up performing to an audience who were a little bit more muted, only a little more muted, and discovered at the interval that's because BP were out on their little summer jaunt and had all gone to the <laughs> theatre. I loved BP's reaction to this. Um, they said this. BP is disappointed and dismayed that the RSC is ending our partnership early. We're disappointed that this will bring a successful programme to a premature end. Over the past eight years, our sponsorship has enabled 80,000 young people to see RSC performances at reduced rates. This is all part of our commitment to giving back to the communities where we live and work. And we're dismayed because we share many of the concerns that apparently contributed to the decision. We recognise that the world is on an unsustainable path. So, bless them, hey, they're disappointed and dismayed. You have caused dismay. To BP, it really, really upset someone in the BP press team. And now, you know, they they are so committed to the climate emergency that basically they don't they agree with you. They agree with you. They're yeah. just you know. trying to find a constructive way out of this yeah. mess, like we all are. You know, why are you being so mean? So I suppose the question is like, that's bollocks, right? What they've just said there. Like, I, th- I think we can all agree that's bollocks. Yeah. But how did, what, when you saw that response... The person who writes it knows it's bollocks, yeah, Dave. Fair enough, yeah, yeah. Um, when you saw that response, how did you feel about it? I thought, great, does this mean you're going to withdraw from all of the other creative industries that you are so-called sponsoring? I thought, great, does this mean that those adverts, those lying ones you have where you say we're all sustainable and joyful and show us one wind turbine, does that mean that's the reality of your business now and you're going to stop trying to get oil and gas out of the ground? And then I thought, no, I'm being an idiot. You're going to carry on doing what you've done before and we're going to have to go and target you in every single other institution that you fund because, as I think we've all realised, this response was a bit crap. So that's the question, right? Is what's what's next? Are you just going to keep on trying to pick off the things that BP... Is it just BP? You have to shell all the other ones as well? Are you just going to keep picking these off? Or is there a bigger game here? We're going to keep picking them off. Uh, we're going to stick to BP right now, mainly because we're called BP or not BP, and it would really mess up our name because shell or not shell is much less Shakespearean. Um <laughs> But we're, we're moving on to, to other targets, uh, to other organisations who are taking their dirty money. Um, so we'll be at the British Museum. Uh, we'll be there every month if we need to be until they stop taking that cash. Uh, we'll be heading to the National Portrait Gallery, to the, the BP-sponsored Portrait Award. 
Um, and and we'll be out there with a load of other protesters um, and with the hopefully with the school strikers as well, saying you're not going to get anyone coming to your plays or looking at your art or you know engaging with your organisations and seeing your opera and your ballet in, until you kick out the folks that are making the climate emergency. I've heard right, um, and I hear a lot of bullshit. So this may be one of those things. But I've heard that the guy who runs a science museum. I can't remember his name now. What's his name? Do you know his name? Nobby McNobface. That, that's the Big one. Big science. Yeah. Big science. Yeah. Yeah, chief science. Um, it, that he is like very outspokenly kind of pro-oil sponsorship and just doesn't kind of countenance any of these arguments. And A, is that true? And B, like, how do you overcome that? Because that sounds different to some of the stuff that you've successfully challenged in, you know, in RSC and, and others. Uh, in answer to your first question, yes. Uh, there's a weird amount of chasing oil sponsorship going on over there at the Science Museum. Um, I believe, though, that most people who work at the Science Museum, they believe in this thing called science, right? Yeah. <laughs> and science tells you that climate change is real and that we need to do something about it and we need to do it sharpish. And weirdly, you end up getting these exhibitions at the Science Museum that are about, like, our changing world or destruction of our ecosystems or the warming climate, and then they end up being sponsored by the people who are causing it. I, I can only assume that, that Mr Science Museum is also a lover of uh, a bit of free drinks in the evening um, and a bit of hobnobbing around with BP executives and not a lover of listening to his staff and the people who go to the Science Museum who are frankly a bit concerned about the science of climate change. Um, so we're happy to go over there. I'm sure we can find something <laughs> to dress up. Don't make us come over there. You're talking as if you've been invited. <laughs> yes, Mr. Science Museum. We, yes, no, we are free and we will come and protest loudly. Yes. It's a nice exhibition you got there. <laughs> Shame if we had to pay it a visit. I <laughs> for something terrible to happen to it on the way home. Polonius, what are you doing behind the curtain? I hide behind curtains because I have a fear of getting stabbed. <laughs> Kira, thank you very, very much for coming to talk to us. So if people want to get involved with BP or not BP, how do they do that then? You can do a bit of Googling for BP or not BP. It's got a load of hyphens in. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Uh, we're over there on Twitter as well. And if you add the word Troy to your search, you'll, you'll find a wonderful invite to come and join us in November at the British Museum. And you can maybe ride on a big horse. Amazing stuff. Thank you so much for coming in. Cheers. Bye. So, Inhoff of the Week. Now, an Inhoff is a knob cheese. Knob cheese? Yeah, I can't be doing with the long-form descriptions of this anymore, so I'm reverting to childish playground insults. Knob cheese, very good. Yes, this is the section of the show when we look at people who are knob cheeses, um, apparently. Uh, so, <laughs> who all is this week's knob cheese in chief? Uh, Chief Knob Cheese, yes. Prime Knob Cheese, yes. uh, Boris Alexander De Feffel, Knob Cheese, Knob Cheese, Knob Cheese, Johnson. Again, hasn't he been in uh, Knob Cheese Corner more than once? <laughs> yes, he probably has. Uh, At least five or six times, I understand. Yeah, because... Yeah. Oh, you are awful. 
not that I like you. Look, he's a silly Billy. Yes. And that's what we want to say. Now, the reason we think he's a silly Billy uh, this week, just realise I've spat cracker on the pop shield. Euphemism? Uh, no, no, that's exactly what has literally happened. <laughs> Sorry about that. Thank you, Patreon uh, patrons, for our new pop I shield. Get, hang on a minute. I get so much grief <laughs> for in good faith accidentally breaking things and you go on here and you tell the Babel Army that I can't be trusted and now you're basically vomiting all over our new equipment. I've now cleaned the pop shield. It is absolutely fine. Notes to future Babel guests. That's the one we're using for the guest pop shield <laughs> from this point on. Right, back to Boris Johnson. Uh, yes, look, Boris Johnson has said some typically florid things about Extinction Rebellion and the protesters what are, as we record, currently camped out yes. in London and yes. blocking roads and bridges and stuff. Well, the whole um, of Trafalgar Square, the entirety of Trafalgar Square and spilling out all over the side is all Extinction Rebellion. Now. It's mega. Good. It's massive. People doing yoga and singing and, you know, being nice. Yes. Well, that's not exactly how Boris Johnson characterised it. No. He characterised it like this. My own team didn't want me to come to this event tonight because they said that there were some uncooperative crusties and protesters of all kinds uh, littering the, the road. And they said there was some risk that I would be egged. I should think there was some risk you'd be egged, son, on, a, <laughs> on account of how you're an obchies. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uncooperative crusties. I mean, right, on a literal level, right, he's probably right about that. Literally... Uh, some of the people there probably being a bit uncooperative. If by uncooperative you mean the police saying, will you go away? And they say, no. Yeah. <laughs> and some of them probably ain't showered since the weekend. Which, when I do that, crusty is a very good word to oh, use. Um, but okay. it's not very nice, is it? Oh, It's a bit different, do you not think, to how uh, recently Lord High Queen Almighty Theresa May dealt with Extinction Rebellion when it last happened all that time back in April and stuff. Well, uh, exactly, and I was trying to remember what she did say about them, and I don't think she necessarily said anything. About anything. About anything. No, probably just as well, because it would just have come out shit. <laughs> <coughs> Shows what good the Chancellor's cough sweet is. <laughs> She just had a very different style. Certainly wasn't going around calling everyone crusties. Uh, and actually, that wasn't really the public sentiment either, was it? There was We've talked about it at length. We don't need to go over it. But there was broad public yeah. support for what Extinction Rebellion were doing in April. Um, and I guess the question we're asking now is, is that still the case? Is the fact that you've got the Prime Minister banging on about how awful they are. What else does he call them? Ring-nosed something. Oh, well, I mean, uh, well, uh, well, I'll tell you what, Ali, he continued, actually, by uh, invoking the spirit of the Iron Lady. I immediately asked the faint hearts in my private office, what would Margaret Thatcher have done tonight? What would Maggie do? Importunate, nose-ringed climate change protesters is what he called them. It's importunate, mate. I don't know what importunate what means. What does that mean? I Hang on a minute, I'm looking at that. Google Google that. Yeah. And again, there, there will be some literal truth in that. There are climate protesters there, many of whom may oh. have noses with rings in. You're importunate. Am I? Importunate is a very good word for you, so actually he's right. What, what does it mean? It means persistent to the point of annoyance. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's... We should describe ourselves as an importunate podcast because we are, <laughs> we've not gone away, even though there's every reason to. Uh, yeah, look, 
I I just have this kind of creeping unease oh, that I'm sorry. Do you need to stop the podcast? <laughs> no, no, I'm a trooper. I will <laughs> I will plow on, uh, I, and I've got some cream for it. It's fine. But I have I have a creeping unease that uh, Middle England are a bit less tolerant for Extinction Rebellion, and I don't know if that's true. I'm certainly worried that it might be true. I don't know if it is true. Hopefully, people are going. No, no, it's 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 fair enough. Climate change is as bad, if not worse, as it was in April. You well, know, it's not going to be better, is it? That's it's not going to be better. Uh, and no, I mean, the point was in April. We talked about this. Extinction Rebellion happened, unbelievably kind of successful in its own terms. Parliament went, all right, uh, here's a climate uh, emergency declaration. Not the government, but Parliament. So a massive result. And then bugger all has changed, really. Like politics has done nowt uh, in this country, at least. So it's fair enough that they're back on the streets. Certainly from the government, anyway. I mean, go back and listen to episode 150 for talk of what uh, some political parties, i.e. Labour, have done. So there have been some responses to the climate. Sure, but but the people in charge who can change stuff... Yes. Directly, there are people in charge. The people notionally in charge, Blimey. people in with jobs that sound like they're in charge, haven't done anything. So it's totally fair enough and entirely predictable that Extinction Rebellion are back. I, I just think there might be that kind of strain of like crusty English knob. Uh, yes, this is horrible. Sorry, I, I know we're in knob cheese of the week. But is that, I don't mean to that free? You know when you say things? I'm sorry. Do you have pre- to say not, all those things in not, your head? Do you have to say the sentence, crusty English I'm knob? I'm not proud of myself. It just happens. And, you know, there's no filter here. Wasn't someone in charge? There was a filter. You gobbed all over it. <laughs> To an extent, it didn't matter because the Extinction Rebellion were never doing this to win vast amounts of public no, support, absolutely. right? And yeah, we yeah. talked about this before. Like, actually, it's a misunderstanding of the fundamental thing they're trying to do. What they're trying to do is mess stuff up. Yeah. What they're trying to do is do exactly what they are doing, which is causing vast amounts of the centre of London to have to be diverted and yeah. making politicians worry about being egged. Yeah. And, stopping, uh, stopping flights leaving City Airport. That's the thing that's happening today. A right. man glued himself to the top of a jet. Right. So that, you know, <laughs> That's quite impressive. So the whole point of it, now, there, is a, there is an open question about for how long the police are going to be, what is still relatively tolerant. They've been harder this time. They've been arresting people and they've been you know, a bit more bastardly, but relatively tolerant. Like you got to nicking, nicking all of the uh, infrastructure as well. Like they've they've already yeah. nicked whole stages worth of infrastructure. Preemptively, they did some of that as don't, well. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not remotely saying the police are being lovely. They're not. They're being more you know, aggressively preemptive this time. But they're still allowing this stuff to happen, right? You go past Trafalgar Square now, as I did just now, and they are just, like, you know, allowing that to go on. There is an open question about for how long that's going to go on. What is it has to happen politically for that to become a bit nastier? And what happens then? And that's the thing I've never known, is what happens if this starts to become nice Tristran and nice Penelope, get the <laughs> shit kicked out of them, by the pigs. And that's the thing I don't know how it's going to play I, out. I don't think people, I don't think anyone's going to give up and go home. I, th- I think, you know, you might see people getting burnt out and you might see people being scared, all of which is fair enough. But the thing that's so powerful about Extinction Rebellion is that it's a lot of people who have just exhausted all of the other channels of trying to change things. They're like, I can't do any more letter writing. I can't do any more tweet my MP. I can't sign any more petitions. I can't do any more, you know, sanction protests. And I'm here because 
we're running out of time. We've run out of time, basically. And the only thing I can do now is just try and stop everything until you pay attention. And I, I, I think that fundamental driver is going to keep people there. Things that went well and things that could have gone better. So, things that went well. Yes. And things that could have gone ever so slightly better. Now, imagine a sequence of events. Person one and person two, who know sweet FA about, you know, anything, particularly complicated science things like nuclear fusion or fission, do episode about nuclear fusion or fission. Yes. Then said idiots get an email from someone whose email signature says... Aerospace Systems Engineering doctoral student, student <laughs> the University of Alabama in Huntsville. You know it's not going to go well from that point on. No, indeed. Um, Samantha Rawlins emailed us. And this is a, it's just beautiful. This is a lovely, lovely email. This is the nicest possible way that anybody has ever told me, and I imagine you, that we're a pair of meatheads. Right? <laughs> um, Samantha says she's a huge fan of the show. Thank you, Samantha. She d- describes it as hilarious and informative, yes, that's which right. is very kind. Clearly on acid. <laughs> and she said that she wanted, uh, however, um, she listened not only to our episode on fusion, which was the last episode, but episode 44 on fission, the nuclear fission. And she wanted, she says, she wants to offer herself and her boyfriend to be the expert that we said we could use. <laughs> um, can't think why. Can't think why. Um, they are both getting a PhD in both fusion and fission, respectively, which apparently. Space fusion. Space fusion, yeah, good. Um, And uh, she just says, if you'd ever like to talk about nuclear energy, such as fission or fusion power reactors, please, please don't hesitate to reach out. (laughs) Shade. It's another another way of saying, please don't. Please don't don't do do this sort of stuff again. Please, you're embarrassing yourselves and everyone associated with the word nuclear. So that is just about it for another episode of The Babble. 152 of the buggers in the can. Thank you very, very much, Dave, for babbling splendiferously. Thank you more to Kira for coming and telling us all about the excellent campaigning that's going on with BP or not BP. And for what's that face? Oh, I was doing the Arabella impression. Uh, That was Arabella, was it? Yes. Okay. Yes, thank you, Kira. Uh, And all power to your elbow for the 23rd of November and all that. Uh, jazz. Thank you to Arabella, my 10-year-old niece, for reading out the BP babble and other such nonsense uh, with such splendour. And thank you, of course, to Dickie Moore, who does the music at the beginning, end and into twinkly bits of this podcast. And I'm going to try and squeeze in a thank you to Arthur Stovall, even though the inflection very much suggested <laughs> I had finished my thank yous. And thank you to Arthur Stovall for doing the artwork that is on our T-shirts, what you can buy on our website. Yes, very good. Oh, that was long, wasn't it? It was. Thank you to the uh, British Podcast Awards, whom we have unfairly maligned previously for not giving <laughs> us an award. Um, but they did do a wonderful thing of emailing out. They do a weekly newsletter that emails out recommended podcasts, and they emailed out all of their people. Which, as far as I know, is just me anyway. But no, saying, I got it as well. You forwarded it to me, but I already had it. So there's at least two of them. saying listen to the babble. So next year we shall be doing a clean sweep of awards at the British Podcast Awards. Not. Um, you can get in touch with us. You can tell us what you thought of the show you can drop us an email to hello at sustainababble.fish you can find us on facebook or just search sustainababble 
or on the Twitter at the Babble Wagon. Also, such confidence. Also, such if you confidence. if you like this here babble and you want to contribute to the pop shields that old gobs crackers all over, what? I mean, you did do that. A, a small amount of cracker. Should we talk about what happened literally the first time we used the <laughs> no, new microphone? We don't need to talk about that. No. Um, you can uh, drop us a bit of money uh, by sponsoring us at our Patreon page, which is wobblywobblywobbly.patreon.com slash sustainababble. And however it is you listen to the babble, if it has the facility to give us a rating, please do so. It all helps. Thanks. Very good. Right. Uh, I'm going to get on my bicycle, get home. Hopefully it doesn't get too windy and there ain't no tempest. Ah, oh, very good. Anyway, bye! <laughs> Sing bye. Or, or oh, sorry. Bye! Good. Your wrangling words assault my tender ears. I should rather pluck my plays from this earth than have oil spill across my legacy. Oh, that's nice. No one wants an oily legacy, do they all? <laughs>